Good morning, everyone. I want to start. Um, I'm very excited. This is one of the highlights of uh, the series. Uh, when we have our classes here, is that we have some dedicated question and answer series. People are able to ask uh, what they're interested in hearing about. Uh, but um, I always uh, think back to the time that I was uh, studying the Parsha with my dad. And my, I don't have so many memories of studying with my dad or whatever. I'm not like, oh, I studied with my dad. Uh, I think it was like once we studied or something like that. And then, and then we were looking at the, t- at, at, at the um, scripture, and then we learned Rashi. And then my, my dad tells us, it must have been eight, I don't know, eight or nine. Dad tells me, this Rashi is an important Rashi. So I'm like, oh, what's this important Rashi? Let's look at it. So he says, Pirusho, which means I don't know what it means. Rashi says, I don't know what it means. I got my, my dad's teaching me a lesson to, unfortunately, they didn't work. They didn't penetrate the lesson. But the lesson was that um, uh, the importance of saying you don't know when you don't know. Um, the Talmud says, That person should always regulate himself to say, I don't know. Uh, so, um, you know, before we get started here, I just want to leave, to leave a disclaimer. I, I, you know, I don't feel obligated to say that I know, you know, the extent, the full extent of every answer, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll ask the questions and we'll debate. And I expect, by the way, if you disagree or, you know, to make this a debate, don't just sit, don't, don't just be sitting ducks and let's do whatever I have to say. Okay, Bernie? Okay, let's, let's start off. Uh, <coughs> let's do it, baby. I'm ready. We've been here, I've been here for like a year and a half. I think we can handle it, you know? It's time you guys open your mouths. Okay. Question number one, question number two, I'll merge because they're kind of along the same lines. Uh, question number one is, is eating fish with cheese kosher? And question number two, the Torah prohibits combining meat and milk. Rabbis say, I cannot combine poultry and milk. What gives? So like this, the Torah says three times, thou shalt not cook a kid in its mother's milk. The Talmud says that the reason why it says it three times, once to prohibit cooking milk and meat, Two, to prohibit um, consumption of milk and meat. And three, to prohibit benefiting from milk and meat. So uh, thus, if you have a milk and meat that was cut, cut together, you can't use it for your benefit. So like, you wouldn't be allowed to sell it, for example. So as to owning uh, McDonald's stock, that's a big question in, in, in Jewish law because I'm, you know, I guess in a, in a way I'm benefiting from the bottom line of them selling uh, billions and billions sold, right? Yeah. You're benefiting from that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and also it's not clear that uh, non-kosher meat falls under this prohibition. Uh, this is one of the examples where the cheese is kosher, the meat's kosher, the mixture is prohibited. As opposed to if the meat or the cheese were on their own not kosher, then it wouldn't be a problem. So there's a debate about that. Rabbi, would that mean that also that if you're in the, say, commodity business and you're orthodox and you're observant, that you couldn't sell uh, uh, well, no. It doesn't say anything about pork. But you're benefiting... You're benefiting from pork, but not from milk and meat. We're talking about milk and meat, not pork. Yeah, because... Uh, There's nothing against uh, owning uh, Philip Morris shares or Wynn Casinos or whatever. My father-in-law's best friend, who worked for uh, Penn Fruit, was a big supermarket company. He was the meat guy, and he would sell, you know, have to do with buying and selling pork and all. And that was legal? He was a traditional Jew. Listen, it's it's the, the the pork and the pig is always the symbol of everything that's not yeah. kosher. Right. No. Um, is it the most Jewish occupation? No, probably. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of Jews did really well in the in the business. <laughs> um, you know, there's a, a, a one of the big Jewish leaders in town, Benjamin Warren. If you know him, you know heard that name. Um, so he's a big player in, in you know in, in, in the Jewish community here, and he. 
you know, his family made their fortune in 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 you know in pork. And uh, I know a family in Toronto also, a very Jewish family, very like um, community leaders and leaders in their synagogue. And I don't know. I, I listen. If it's not, if it's not, we have a policy. Our policy is that the Torah gives us a lot of prohibitions, a lot. It's not our duty to increase prohibitions. We don't like that. You know, it's not. You're not better when you say, you know what, the Torah permitted me to drink wine. But I'll say, oh, you know what? I'll make that pro- prohibited. I'll be, I'll be more religious than the Torah expects of me. We don't, we don't believe that. If it's permitted, it's permitted. That being said, I think it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't necessarily jive with the spirit of, you know, of the Jewish way of life. But still, I think uh, technically that would be prohibited as opposed to uh, benefiting from milk and meat, the mixture, that would not be permitted. You can sell, you can sell like the, the non-kosher parts of a kosher drink. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's not milk and meat. If the hindquarters, if you don't take the sciatic nerve out, you sell. You can sell the hindquarters to. to yeah, that's what they do exactly. Okay, so that so that's what. Yeah, you give it to the Gentiles exactly. Okay, um, how does this translate to uh, to uh, poultry and cheese and fish and cheese? So I'll start with the easier one: fish and cheese. It seems like. Uh, there was um, there was a uh, attrib- misattribution of, of of a text. Seems like there was uh, all the commentaries agree that the single text that included the prohibition of fish and cheese uh, was uh, a mistaken translation. Almost everyone agrees uh, because there's no source for anyone in the Talmud, and the source um, only dates back to like the 15th, 16th century. Um, that being said, there are those that have a custom of not consuming uh, fish and cheese. Uh, that's uh, that's that. But uh, it seems likely from the discussion that, uh, and from all the analysis uh, on that particular topic that that was actually a mistake and that he meant to write poultry and cheese and whatever. And somehow that's whatever. That, that, there is one source that says that, but it's a very dubious, uh, the, 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 not dubious, I won't say dubious, but it, it, it's uncertain as to, uh, as to where that came from. Thus, only a small group of, of, um, of, of, of people actually follow that as a custom, uh, you know, just to not uh, conflict with the source that brings that down. However... Poultry and cheese, that's already, that's already from, uh, from Talmudic times. That's been established for thousands of years. What's the deal? What gives, as we quote? Why would the rabbis come and make an additional prohibition on top of the biblical prohibition of consumption of meat and, and dairy? Uh, so the answer is as follows. The, Talmud, the Torah tells us, the Torah commands us, uh, you should make a guard or fence to the Torah. It's in, it's in Leviticus, uh, and where, it, where the Torah charges the leadership of the Jewish people, uh, especially the Sanhedrin, with making sure that the core elements of the Torah are not infringed upon. And how do you do that? You do that by making a fence around that. That's what it's called. It's called a fence. It's called a gader uh, to the Torah itself. Uh, thus, thus, the rabbi said, if someone handles a pen on Shabbat and picks it up, moves it around, there is a likelihood, perhaps, that the man did use it to write two letters, which is prohibited by Torah law. Thus, the rabbis come along and say, don't lift and handle a pen. Uh, and there's many, many, many examples we call rabbinic law, where it's not introducing a new, new category uh, in, entirely, uh, rather it's just 
Uh, it's just an edict to protect a Torah uh, prohibition itself. Uh, examples that we have are uh, don't uh, uh, play musical instruments on Shabbat because you may have to fix them. Don't ride a horse on Shabbat because you may pull down a, uh, a branch, etc., etc. Similarly, they said, uh, um, in uh, another example, like, well, this is a weird example. Let's dip that. Um, um, there are many, many examples where the rabbis come and say, this is a rabbinic prohibition, but it's not a standalone category. It's not a their, their new idea that they came up and they invented. Rather, it's in fulfilling their task that they were entrusted by the Torah uh, of, of making a, a protection of fence around the Torah itself. Therefore, they reason, if someone is going to eat what's biblically permitted poultry and cheese or poultry and dairy, they may make that mistake and actually translate that into meat and cheese. They might make the mistake or someone else seeing them might make that mistake. And thus, in order to prevent such mistakes, uh, such mistakes, uh, they, they ban that as well. Um, as, as they're commanded to do so by the Torah. Now you say, wait a minute, Rabbi, we know there's between poultry and meat. We all know the difference, right? So someone actually recently told me that they were ordering a, what they thought was a chicken taco, and they said, oh, lather on the cheese, it's chicken. <laughs> it's poultry, we don't have to worry about anything. It's poultry. Is it not meat, the Rabbi? The Torah said meat. And fine, and as he's digging in, they gave him the meat one. So that's a, I'll confess, that's my story. The funny part is that <laughs> I was with Rabbi Dan, and we ordered, he's like, you're like, no, poultry cheese is fine. And we had this whole conversation about it. We delivered the tacos, I'm using it. And then I realized. It's like God's trying to teach you a lesson. Yeah, but I. I don't want to be so now what happened? Should I see where you should he finish the meat? Should he was next to it anyway? Like, I'm going to talk or not. I will, uh, I'm saying, you're asking no, me a question. I, I, it's, it's not an art kosher restaurant. I, you know. Okay, now he's, <laughs> you're asking me? Yeah, like you're already it's like, yeah. He got halfway through. Now should he finish it or waste the food? Order a salad. There's prayers before each of the meals, right? Yes. Where you've made an honest mistake. Is there a prayer of Repentance that one makes. No prayer, no prayer of repentance. You have to follow the regular, regular process of repentance. Okay. Uh, no specific prayer. Uh, process of repentance may involve what's called confession, uh, vidui, uh, where we what we say on, on Yom Kippur, like the Ashamnu, Ashamnu Bagadnu, or the Alchets, etc. Uh, that being said, I think even if we are to determine that it's very, very unlikely that. Um, Doing what's rabbinically prohibited is going to translate into doing what's biblically prohibited. Thus, I'll say, hey, uh, the rabbi said don't ride a horse because I may pull down a branch, but what are the odds that someone's going to pull down a branch while riding a horse? You know, uh, it's, Even if it's increasingly unlikely, I think it's important to realize that to the rabbis and to their perspective, and the, pe- the members of Sanhedrin, to them, pulling off a branch of a tree on Shabbat was something that literally, the, like this would be the biggest deal. Like it would be such an encroachment on everything that's holy that uh, the extent that they were concerned about that warranted them to prohibit things even that are not likely to contribute to that, but potentially, now if there's one in a million chances, you know, it's enough. Just like we were a seatbelt. What are the odds that seatbelt's going to save you from, from dying? Very, very slight. But still, no one wants to die. Who, why take that chance? 
Similarly, uh, Torah prohibitions for the rabbis was something uh, that, uh, that that was that you'd be so careful with, and you have to take every precaution necessary, even something that they determined to be not very likely to happen. Mixing poultry meat it could happen, you know. But is it likely it's not, you know, fixing the drums on Shabbat? Eh, it could happen, right? But it's probably not going to happen. Still, uh, they, they felt that uh, that there was sufficient enough of a reason or suspicion that may happen. Thus, they uh, they prohibited. Uh, that's uh, question number one. Any uh, any uh, any uh, rebuttals? That <laughs> gave rise to the great cheeseburger debate from the Pittsburgh platform. Uh, yeah, yes, well, the, the Pittsburgh platform specifically, <laughs> um, we talked about talked about it last week, but uh, yeah. they one thing he ate half the sandwich. Yeah, he ate half the sandwich. He found out that he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Some taco, I mean, should he dump the thing and waste food? I did. I didn't. <laughs> or did, should he finish it? You didn't notice that at the first bite it wasn't. Sweet irony, huh? Is egg considered dairy or is egg? Is no, egg is fine. Edge, edge is fine. Edge is fine. Edge is fine. Edge is fine. Once again, what is he going to do? Well, uh, listen, uh, if you ask from the Torah perspective, he shouldn't be eating the non kosher um, chicken taco either, you know? Okay. What's the question? question? The question is, should he throw the sandwich away? If you're asking me, absolutely. Absolutely. At at the the Astrodome, they serve kosher hot dogs, but no uh, Orthodox who have to be at the game. No, 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 no. Because there's other stuff around. That's the Hebrew National? Hebrew National. Some places have that. We answer the higher authority. No, I went to the Toyota Center, um, I think it was last year, uh, for a Rockets game, mm-hmm. and when they still have the kosher stand there, and I, we, we, got, we got myself a kosher sandwich. I, I don't think they have one anymore, but um, in many, many stadiums across, across America, there are kosher stands. And yeah. There's so much. My, my father-in-law was vice president of the 